Gets open for three. Dagger! The kick in. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. You like that? You like that? I like that. Welcome in, Defeating the Curse. The streak continues for the show. The weekly pod remains consistent. Stevie, it's good to see you. FP, it's good to see you too. Boys, uh, we are a day early this week. we got Halloween and festivities and all kinds of stuff uh, tomorrow on our normal uh, normal recording day. Stevie, I'm assuming you're taking the kids out. Are you dressing up? Are you a Halloween guy? No, no, come on. I can't I be like that you're guy. A Halloween guy. Sure. I feel like you're a, you know, I don't want to suggest what costumes I think you would be in or maybe like not into, but like physically on you. But I think I have a sense uh, of which way you would go for Halloween. I'll give you a, a proud dad moment is my kid came to me about a week, uh, two weeks ago and said, dad, I know what I want to be for Halloween. He said, I want to be Kane. Like the Undertaker and Kane. Okay? <laughs> so about fifty uh, feet away from me is a Kane costume. Like the whole getup uh, with the mask, uh, the whole bit. The mask. I'm gonna try to get his hair. Like yeah, you, get him to, uh, you stand behind him, and when he does the thing, you you exactly. You, yeah, that's a cool one. Okay, it's very exciting. I want his brother to be the Undertaker. He don't want to be the Undertaker. I, I mean, that would be pretty cool too. So yeah, I'm assuming you take him out, and it's the whole. Be- you you teach them like go for the king size candy bars. Doesn't matter what it is. Well, I actually uh, I split up the kids. They're getting old enough now where they can be with their friends. Uh, okay. So I'll be with the little one. I, I find out who's the most the biggest troublemaker. You be with that one. I assume okay. you're the same. Are you you keep them all together, bro? Uh, you know we split up duties on Halloween. I generally don't like the walking around or the exercising component of Halloween. So I, I will be home with a uh, um, a tub size like a like a bathing tub size bucket of king size candy bars. Um, uh, you know, I, I gotta be honest. I, I like the, you know, they ring the doorbell and I open the door. I'm not wearing a costume. This is what I look like. Um, but like there is a definitely an age cutoff right now. I usually have two buckets, right? The you're, little ones. You're the and king size well, I'm king size, but you have to pass a certain like eyeball test. Okay. If I, if I'm pinning you at, if I'm, if you, I'm going to try to age you quickly when you, when I open like the door, sub if you're, if you're 11 or under 12 or under, or just generally like small in stature, king size bars if you're older and coming around with the the sheet like the pillowcase thing <laughs> i got fun size for you I, I maybe i got some like i don't know some like toiletries that i'll throw at you or something like don't don't come here wrong house for that like what if you got a good costume yeah i was gonna say what if he comes with a really good costume but he's never, 15 I've never i've never honestly i've never been a costume guy like my kids to some extent are into it like turtles or elsa or whatever that's fine like, uh he uh, rolls up with the perfect the rock turtleneck gold chain get up like i, I do i am a sucker for that one with the fanny pack yeah I, I i would put the candy into the fanny pack if i saw that one maybe okay mm. i'll let me let me take inventory tomorrow but the majority i i feel like it's close to 50 50 age appropriate and then age inappropriate and and the parents that come along i always like to throw them a bone too because they're just walking around so i always toss them like a twix or something to, to chew on while they're like walking that. around that's what I would uh, do. I mean, yeah, if they're if they're open to it. But we oh, get a yeah. lot, we yeah, get a yeah, lot yeah. of kids. We get a lot of kids over here. And we're, you know, we're the corner house. So like we we want we make it known that you know kids are welcome. The hardest part is always the like, how do you signal it's over? Like, stop coming to my house. Like 
like that that's always the hard part right because there's always like some group that comes over at like nine just too late and i'm like hey you ruined a good thing like we, we were gonna end on a high now you've totally ruined it you're waking up my kids you're ringing the doorbell like get out of here it's over just put a sign on the door yeah i mean we could do that fp are you are i mean there's no chance you are going out to an event or anything like that tomorrow right Typically, what I do is turn off all the lights and hide in the man cave in the basement. And it sounds like I'm just like this Grinch that doesn't want to hand out candy, but it's because I have the dog. And if they ring the doorbell every 15 seconds, the dog's just going to go crazy all night. So I just maybe sometimes there's a bowl of candy out there. Yeah, yeah. So do you do you have candy that you pass out or the first few years I had a bowl of candy that sat out there. Okay. What happened to that bowl of candy? I don't know. I don't know if one kid took someone it all. Take your, or if I don't know, they somebody take the did physical bowl also, or do they? Yeah, it's. Bowl? I go to the the Dollar Tree and I get like the orange, the bowl. pumpkin looking bowl. Those are never there when I come back outside. Yeah. See, this is what this is what I was afraid of, right? Like that's why I don't like leaving it out because they're gonna take my bowl. But that's why I go oh. to the dollar store and I get a dollar. Bowl. It's the principle. It's the. But principle. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't if even you're old enough that to steal the bowl of candy. You're too old for Halloween. Like that. Also, when you when you I'm live at. in like a townhouse area like I do, there's 780 kids. Sure. Uh, it's 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 expensive to be that. that okay. Household. Without 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 being the R word, how many of your neighbors will participate in Halloween? Percentage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 50? There's no chance. Probably. I mean, see, my, my neighborhood's close to 100% participation in Halloween. Stevie, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm in a little offset, so it's not as bad. But the deeper neighborhoods, I would say 75%. Yeah. There's a lot of young. Yes, come on, come on. Vienna, 100%. It's the same percentage that in Herndon celebrate Diwali. We can talk to Peter about that. I mean, Peter, Peter from Herndon. Okay, Peter is the the only one that's not celebrating Diwali in his neighborhood. So, hey. yeah, that's uh, sure, sure, yes. Okay, so tomorrow Halloween. That's why we're here. Uh, we can park the Halloween conversation. I guess we'll, we'll regroup on uh, wins and losses from Halloween. But let's talk about this game, Stevie. Did you watch more than five minutes of the uh, the Redskins hosting the Eagles in the link? In I Fed. did, but I I didn't let it affect me in the sense of. I scheduled the play dates for the kids. Their friends came over. They I'm were so entertained. Everyone's happy. So jealous of you. I'm able to sit down, and I did watch the game. There was nothing good on Red Zone, so it was the only good game at one o'clock. Odd, odd week, right? There was no bye weeks, like no, no, or no bye teams. It's the first, it's the first time it's happened in a long really? time. Was, yeah, yeah. This is, a, yeah, it was, it was scheduling anomaly. Yeah, first time in 13 years that there These was Thursday, no Sunday, Monday games suck. They need yeah. to flex every game yes. that is being broadcast to a national audience. I mean, you can you can imagine that the the networks wouldn't go for it, right? Because there's only so many of them. But I, I Bears Chargers was brutal last night. Raiders yeah. Lions tonight is gonna. Suck. Why are the Raiders always on national TV? I don't Stadium? Know. I guess I so. Know. I don't know. Sure. Like, it couldn't. It can't be tied to Garoppolo. Like it was Car, but like, there's no way. Like I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe the stadium. Who knows? But I think they also like the the teams that play like west of Mississippi, right? Because like the broadcast quality is better, still light out when they show it on the East Coast. Maybe maybe something like that factors in. I, I don't know. Then I end up seeing Baker Mayfield and the Bucks all the time. Why? <laughs> Yo, listen, what? listen. I, I I didn't want to get well. I, Travis Travis Kelsey's on every commercial. His face appears 
during every commercial break of every game. He is the new Baker Mayfield. Baker, a couple seasons ago, was selling us car insurance, cookies. Uh, what else was he selling? Uh, but GoDaddy Internet. He was selling everything. And now you got Kelsey. I, I'm I'm so done with the Kelsey. And and we watched some of the Broncos game here. I know we'll pivot back to the to the Commanders here in a second. But we watched a, a lot of the Broncos game at, at my house yesterday. Um, did you happen to catch the Broncos fans serenading the Chiefs with Tay Tay songs? Yeah, at the 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 yes, whole stadium played it after it the win. Fabulous! It was. They fabulous. played. They played "Shake It Off" after the win. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, yeah, their quarterback uh, I think threw for ninety nine yards and three touchdowns, and somehow still is poop on fire. But anyway, going back to this game, Eagles come in. I mean, they they leave with a victory. Um, this is the second time now that the Commanders they won't see the Eagles again this season unless somehow somehow by some miracle they make it to the playoffs. But let's park that conversation. So they're they go over o and two on the season. The Commanders do against the Eagles. They could have beaten them in both games. They had leads to open both games. They looked good offensively in both games. The defense, I mean, just super leaky. And and Sam Howell, this is my one big takeaway. Sam Howell statistically, and I know like the week is officially not over because we have one more game here tonight on Monday night. He had the best statistical game of any quarterback in the league yesterday, and they still couldn't get a win. Like If that's not enough of an indictment on how poor this defense is playing, I don't know what else to tell you. Like you've got a guy who's basically a rookie leading the league statistically yesterday. One of the best games he's played from end to end. I know he had that one interception, but he looked good. Offensive line looked better. And I know FP wanted to talk about this. Some of those subs made meaningful impact on the the quality of the unit. But like you have a lead going into halftime for the second time facing this team, arguably one of the better teams, not just in your division, but in the conference and certainly in the league. I mean, they're, they're still in my top five, and I'm sure they're in yours as well. If you're not going to win that game, you, like you really have no business winning pretty much any other game, especially considering how good the offense looked at times. The defense just cannot stop anyone. I know tomorrow's the you know the trading the trade deadline. I would be shocked if Ron, the GM, actually makes any moves, but it, it at least merits a conversation. Like, is is there anyone on the defensive side of the ball that you would? you would fight to keep here, I guess is where I'm, that's where I'm going FP. Uh, Ron, the GM better have no decision-making power yeah. for this team. He He's in a lame duck presidency. Like don't put any laws into effect. You're leaving. We don't want you to have any say on the future of this franchise. Harris should should step in and prevent Ron from trading away assets and pieces or whatever and, and kind of screwing over the future. And I don't think Ron would do it intentionally. Ron is truly just a terrible, terrible talent evaluator. Terrible with free agent signings. Terrible with evaluating his own talent, his own team, Let's talk about his the own line. roster. Let's talk about the offensive line. Yesterday. Absolutely unacceptable. And this is the fourth year in the row where you have the 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 more skilled, the better fit hidden in the depth of your roster, and then suddenly who, who five five to decision? six weeks later, not not Ron. I'm, who FP? What first? Of, tell me what the Martys do. Clearly, they do nothing. So why are we even paying them to be fake GMs? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't Ron- want to, like. Everything that happens from Ron, like for years now, for years, Ron was trying to build a good team first. 
find his QB, and then now, four years later, you have the QB that's carrying the team. And all the holes that would have should have been filled are still not filled. And somehow, miraculously, they're bigger. They're, they're bigger. Powell, the holes are actually bigger. Yeah, right? he's 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 made the team worse. And and your quote unquote best players are the guys that were here before he got here. Yeah, Stevie. I mean, you, there, there's there's I a literally question here, Stevie. With with who who do you want making decisions? And I, I agree with FP. You can't. Say. Ron can't be the one allowed to make. Like I know he has the authority to, based on the org chart today, to make trades. The ownership can't let him do that because Josh Harris has been in the league for five minutes. I, I understand. I'm saying, I'm saying, but he he shouldn't allow Ron to think like there's actual talent on the roster. And until you replace the coaches, I don't think you can just what what are you going to get for Chase? A, a fifth round pick, a, a compensatory fourth. You're going to get that anyway no, if, you want, hey, if you lose it for agency. Right before we went on air, Leonard Williams gets traded for a second and a fifth. You're going to tell me Chase Young's not worth a second and a fourth? No, there's no, a second and a fifth. We agree that that happens. Okay. What, yes. what we're saying is Ron is incapable of getting the correct value for the player. Ron no. will be like, uh, all right, sure, take it for a one third. Sure, two fourths and a whatever. Like I, I see it the opposite. I see Ron is not willing to make those trades, not to give up current assets for future assets in the sense of he knows he's got eight, nine, him. I don't know, however many games left in the season. Yeah, but he's not gonna. What's he gonna do with a second round pick that he knows he's not going to be making in, well, in six months? I agree. I, with feel, you. I think Ron lives in Delulu land, and and I think he thinks he's still auditioning to get re upped. I don't. I truly uh, don't think Ron knows what's going he, on in the world. I I think he's got enough. Even if he's not listening to the media himself, which we know that they do. I think there's enough people around him that are that are looking at him saying like it's gonna unless unless he's got another the only way he's the same people looking at the replay video during games. Well, Listen, we can, if, you know, I mean, if they don't make any trades, it's because Josh Harris didn't get involved and tell Ron to get anything he can for the assets Stevie, currently on the roster. If you're the, if you're the GM and people are calling for for some of these pieces, are you making trades? Or are you holding holding firm? Holding firm for what? I'm asking, like, if you're if you're the guy, and let's just hypothetically, they're they're offering reasonable value. Let's not define reasonable value, but reasonable value for Montez or for Chase or for for Jonathan Allen or for uh, uh, Cam Curl. Like, if you're getting reasonable value for pieces, are you taking it or are you or are you holding on to what you have? I think 100. They need to pick no, one I'm of the defensive ends. Asking you, you are you taking deals? Uh, but uh, yes, on one of the defensive ends, not on both. Okay. You've invested too much. You're going to invest in one of them and say, that's our guy. We've seen enough in him. Okay. I assume it's Chase Young there's, at this there's point. There's a problem with that, though. If you, you have trade away, if you trade away Tez, you're banking that Chase, when when the time comes, is like, yes, I want to stay here. I don't think he does. I don't think he – I, I, I think – franchise once, maybe. Yeah. I, maybe well, he's a local. Give, he's not, he's not going to give you a hometown discount. Nothing about Chase – Says sure. that he's going to give you a hometown discount and he wants to stay here. Jonathan Allen is like, I'm from here, I'm going to retire here, and he's all about it. But if you trade away Tez, there's a very good chance you lose both of your elite. I think you can find another. I think you can find another. You can find another Chase, right? Based on current production, I think it's easier to find another Chase or even another Montez than it is to find another Payne or an Allen. That that's my read on it. Guys, a second round pick. Gets you a franchise left tackle. Uh, I, that's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, I, I would. I would entertain these deals, but I, I am. 
it's hard unless, for me unless you're to Ron see. Rivera and you get yeah, well, forget a, about a quarterback Ron that can't Rivera do anything or a defensive tackle in. that can't do I, anything. I, I, I agree. No, I'm saying I'm no. saying a second round pick in theory, but you don't know who the next coach is going to be. You don't know who the next GM is going to be. Maybe they're just as bad as Ron. Sure, but what I, what I what I do know is yesterday against the team that they were not supposed to beat, they again had a lead and were in a position to win the game before. You know the defense again fell apart. Like just look at the, the the statistics from yesterday's game, from from the Eagles Commanders game on Sunday. The Commanders outgained them total yards, four seventy two to three seventy four. They outpassed them, three eighty eight to three fifteen. They outrushed them, eighty four to fifty nine per yards per play, six point eight to six point zero. First downs, twenty six to twenty one. Time of possession also in the Commanders' favor. So, yeah. like from a, from a game script, like this was the bet, like the best you could ask for. From this unit, they can't stop anyone. And this and and in reality, like this is a little bit of revisionist history. But if you go back, if the Eagles don't fumble inside the red zone twice, right? Yeah, they could have dropped a fifty. It's, 50. it's a it's a fifty yeah. point it's a fifty point outburst, right? So the defense, um, I, I don't know why all of a sudden Forbes found the field again. Like he for weeks he didn't play, and then all of a sudden he's back in there. I don't know if there's something that they're trying to they're trying to teach him. But did you guys catch Daryl Green after the yep. game yesterday too, saying like I could fix him in like 15 minutes? Yeah. Like I'm not buying the 15 minutes thing. Like Daryl's been out of the league for 20 years, so I think I think some things have changed in the league since he was playing corner. But I do respect his eyeball and I respect his position and his stature within the organization. And for him to say something like that because he's usually captain optimist and he never says anything negative about anything, but he sees something clearly that is just wrong or afoot. Like something is just amiss. Uh, it, I found that to be very interesting, but offensively, you couldn't have asked for a better performance. Um, and and I hate to do this, but you know our guy Terry dropping a ball the way he did. I know we can talk about the we can talk about the failed um, challenge on the Eagles not catch, and then what the, I, I think the league I think the league got involved and said, hey, that wasn't a first down. Like there was something wrong with that with that catch, that whole sequence of of efforts, if you will. It's it's third and whatever, fourth and whatever. The ball is caught. the the line like the the line judge moves over. They flip the sign. It's first down, whatever. Then there's an awkward pause, right? I think it was Slay that stayed down. Yeah. Then all of a sudden we go to commercial. We come back. Ron's got his uh, you know his stoic arms crossed on the sideline, not doing anything. I I don't know what you guys make of that, but it just seemed like something was off. It seemed odd that he wouldn't challenge in that spot. Um. Just like a, a you know a series or two before he didn't challenge. I'm tired of the refs talk. I'm sorry. I've been a. Well, let's I, can you explain it to me? How does it go from first no, down to first? How does that happen? I explain it. The refs make shitty calls. That's just how how. That's you listen. How you, how want, you want you want. Do you want my conspiracy theory? You want my conspiracy theory? I mean, I'm curious, but okay, let's hear it. I think so, Michelle Obama. No, no, no. <laughs> first of all, his name is Mike. But the 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 betting line for Redskins Eagles it was oh the the God. largest. I'm just hey, I'm just saying it was it was it's, it was it was. It was, it was I know where you're going, FP. It was odd line. that they, they just flip it. They don't offer an explanation, and then yeah. Ron just they, they had to correct course. I'm just annoyed right. with Ron accepting everything. Listen, I, I'm with Steve. I don't care about the refs. Okay, I care about I earlier can. when Ron doesn't challenge the Smith catch Drop. yeah it wasn't a catch the the no catch catch if nothing else if you, I know see, if you see the eagles they're rushing, rushing they're rushing to, to the line run 
Even if you're wrong, just be like, mm, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw what the flag. Game is he watching on this? Like, even if you don't know, while you're waiting for your third video assistant to watch the, why isn't someone just walking around on the sideline with an iPad in their hand, watching YouTube TV, right, of the game, so they can see all the replays and hold it up in front of Ron's face and be like, hey, well, coach, I mean, maybe those, take guys, guys, those are all blocked when you're in the stadium. You're not the, allowed the, to, to watch the, those. The, for, the forest for the trees, the forest for the trees here. And what I saw yesterday was, again, a team that has quit on their coach. And I'll tell you why you see that. Coach. When No, I see they've quit on the coaching staff in the sense of when you have one week in offense playing great, defense plays poorly. Then the following week you have a defense, or the previous week you have a defense play great, offense can't score anything. What that tells you is that every unit is essentially playing for themselves at this point. The defense and every guy – well, I every, know, we hear that every week from Jonathan Allen. He, he says, I'm just worried. About, like he, They actually say it indirectly. Or, sorry, directly every week during their media takes, right? They're, they're sick of it. They say we're, they're we're, sick of we're, it. We're just focused on our unit. I'm just making sure that the, he never talks about the defense at large, right? He's always talking about the D-line, the defense. Like, there's no cohesiveness. There's no, I got the offenses back. They got our back. They had some struggles. We sure. picked them up. There's none of that. The locker room is gone. Now it's every man for himself. So Eric Bieniemy did call a great game and had a great game plan. It's because Eric Bieniemy wants to put a great game plan for Eric Bieniemy, and Sam Howell had a great game. Sam Howell needs to prove himself. And now everyone's playing for themselves at this point. There's no team camaraderie. I don't know when one. I don't believe that necessarily. I, I believe everybody is is still working together as a team, trying to win. But then they get so deflated when their head coach is just inept, just does nothing to help the team game time. And that and he that's, does, why, he that's why I'm opposed and, to trading players tomorrow. On yeah, the 100%. Team. So, so even Dotson, coach, like even, even Dotson today says, like, Dotson today said, that I don't, he's like, I don't know what happens, but the team flinches. We get this lead, we're playing great, and then we flinch, and then it, and it, and then it unravels. That flinch, that's what you need the head coach there to, to make sure it stays together, right? To make sure that everybody is, is still firing Ron, on all cylinders. Ron is Ron can't do the culture guy. Like he, I mean, and you do. I do give him some credit for the early seasons here. It was like turmoil to the max, if you remember, right? Like he was. There was a, a, a lot of things that he was dealing with, but now that we're past those things and we're just on to football, he's really like for a defensive-minded head coach or defensive-minded coach in general. He's not very good. Like he's he's just that that's the sure. that's that's the end of it. Like there is nothing yeah. more to say about his performance. Even if he wanted to challenge, it was he, two he, challengeable plays on the stretch on, yesterday. That if long. if they challenge, even if they get one or the other, the game has a different outcome. The yeah. Eagles don't get the first, or the Commanders do get the first. Like both of them have positive outcomes. He didn't like. I don't know what he's saving these timeouts for. I don't Honestly, know what he's doing. Like I I, I just yes. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Gibbs three Oh, get out of here. I mean, he'll run He'll run Brian Robinson literally until the wheels come off. Yeah. He would run him like he was Clinton Portis 06. He would run him so hard. I mean, I make the joke, and I never want to see Joe Gibbs on a Redskins sideline again. But, like, my, my previous point, you look at what the team did in 05 and 07 in that playoff run with Clinton Portis with the, the press conferences and the five straight 100-yard games and the defense playing – and they got to that NFC's title – that was a team, and then of course in 07, playing for Sean Taylor and the memory of Sean Taylor. How Gibbs brought that locker room together and said, we're going to win it for him kind of thing. 
that is a team that was playing. And he called two timeouts in a row. That, 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 that's my point, though, is he wasn't the best coach ever, but he kept that team together through a lot of hardships. Yeah. I, I, will, I will say this. Every player will, was super smart, if I remember. I correctly. will comfortably say this. After the Zorn experiment, the Spurrier failure, Ron is third worst coach in at least the last 30 years. Third worst. Who's the rest Wait, of the panel? You're saying he's uh, Jay was better? Jay was better. Shani was better. Shani was better. Five days of Bill Callahan was better. It, <laughs> Ron is just, he's not a coach. He's hes just a mascot at this point. He just uh, stands on the sideline. Where's the bingo guy? He doesn't guy? do coaching. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got to vote for Gibbs 3.0. Yeah, I mean, you, okay, you start throwing around Gibbs, you're going to get, you're going to get some people from the Rafters coming is in. Is Joe Bugle still back, around? Somebody get Bugs on. Bring it Jacoby. Where, where's Jeff Saturday these days? Right. If we're just if we're just gonna throw out names, yeah, fine. Like I I I bring I, Daryl Green, make him your defensive coordinator. I don't care. I I mean I'm not a fan of the enemy taking the reins of the team. I think you're setting him up for failure too. And I think Let, you, who cares if he sets up? Oh, no, I think you need him here for I think you need him here for another year. I think you're evaluating the enemy over two years, not over seven games. I, I no, just don't that's that's a hard one to pass because if a new GM comes in. You're gonna have well this, and that's gonna be a difficult position to, for him to be in. But I believe he signed here, knowing that the lead, like Ron, is likely not coming back. So it's like if he, if the offense plays the way they did yesterday, for half of the games remaining on the schedule, I think he can make a reasonable claim to at least be interviewed for the head coaching job, right? And that's the knock on Bianami. He's interviewed a hundred times. He's never been the guy. We had this conversation one or two weeks ago. Would this team not function better immediately? If he was the interim head coach as I, of right I, now, I, I don't think so because I think I think you don't Ron, think the enemy would have challenged or I think, been quicker I don't with think, with reviews or timeouts. I believe Ron the coach is deficient in many things, but as the leader of a locker room, I think he still has. When he steps in the room, I think the guys are still listening. I agree with Stevie to a lesser extent. Maybe they're not playing for him necessarily, but he's still an authority figure, and he's have still. You, have you watched the enemy presser? He is. He's yeah. very likable. I don't. I I can't see any offensive player that that looks at him takes, and they're like, takes man, some shots at the team too. Which I honestly I, I don't mind. But yesterday the offense, like, I don't really have a negative to point out from the on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe Howell's one one pick, but he, I mean he completed forty passes basically for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. I mean, Howell gets a pass for sure. He, he, he not just a pass. I think I think he played. Uh, this is second time he's faced the Eagles, a a, a, a top caliber defense, and he performed. He performed I and mean, played well. I can't believe we're sitting here for thirty minutes, and we have a franchise quarterback. How crazy is it? We've been waiting for a okay, franchise listen, quarterback. First lives, baby. One year. Yeah, and everything else falls apart. All the everything, first, everything else. Yeah, falls last, apart. last year, you own and a franchise quarterback, and we have halfway, both of those. And the yeah, team is halfway through that game. Your boy Joey Sly, he could have kicked. He can kick a ninety-yard field goal. I will never cheer for him again. He could kick yeah. it ninety yards. I don't care. The I man made a sixty-one-yard field goal, but the week before he, he whiffed on a twenty-five. I, I can't. I can't. Field. It's and another Ron game. Like or a when Ron point. leaves, this is the other piece here, FP. When Ron is thrown out or leaves the building. Half of the coaching staff is gone with him. The training all staff of them gone. better be gone. The, all of the Carolina Panthers that came to DC are all gone with him. 
I don't think you can afford to do that midseason. That's why I personally think he will be here the rest of the way because you're not going to lose all of these pieces all at one shot because they're all lame duck at that point. I don't. I don't. I truly don't think any of them do anything. I truly think the Washington Commanders have guys going on the field, essentially playing backyard football with the enemy calling plays and JDR saying something in the mic and everyone saying F you and just doing their own version of defense. I truly don't think the coaches do anything. Come, come practice. If you watch any of the, the social media accounts or anything, there's no real practice. There's no coaching up. They just go through drills. But they're just well, getting just, half, I mean, halfway hit, it, hit right. with pets. The problem with all this is this is going to make another offseason of utter chaos when you're going to get a, a, a coaching staff entirely obliterated. And now you have a new owner looking for a GM and a coach. A lot of the coaches, the great coaches on the market, are going to probably want GM power. You're not going to want to do that again. This will just be another year of drama. Now you bring in a new coach and it's not a Sam Howell guy. Sam Howell is not their guy. I mean, it's just another year of instability. And what are we going to go? Resurrect another dinosaur? Or is a young candidate really going to come here? Yeah, I don't I don't think they can afford to do that. I think they've seen too many young candidates walk out of the building that they're going to have to find one. I think they're going to the fan. They owe it to the fan base to like swing and miss on a young guy is more tolerable, I believe, to the fan base than another retread, another, you know, Peterson, you know, Rivera, whatever. Imagine, imagine, uh, I know the Lions are playing tonight. Imagine the offensive coordinator, I think Ben Johnson for the the Lions versus Bill Belichick. The balls on Josh Harris to pass up on a Belichick. Well, Belichick, there was a re-upped. Yeah, they they Belichick, they, they, they extended him, last, but but there was talk for like five minutes here about would you would you want to bring him to town? And everybody's like, no. Like I I think the team under the fans understand that whoever comes in next, like they need to be like there's only one Belichick, and and I think you're he's gonna it's gonna be very hard for him to replicate the success he's had in New England. Any anywhere. Ben Johnson, uh, Lou Anarumo or whatever the DC for the Bengals. Those are my two options. I would also be looking at uh ideally you bring in your DC head coach, Lou. He takes over and fixes the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. and then you keep the enemy for that extra year, like you were saying, and then you get the consistency well, with Howell and that offense. I, I don't know what the enemy thinks is going to happen. Because if you came here thinking Ron's gonna be here for two, he, Ron's only gonna be here for one anyway. But if you're thinking the team was gonna be successful and he stays. Then you're you're almost guaranteed again that that uh, a second cut you know a second season as the uh, as the offensive coordinator. If Ron is gone and he's got an interview for the job, I don't think it's a guarantee he gets it unless the team just plays lights out football the way they did yesterday. I feel like Bianami. I feel like Bianami knows all he needs is to prove that he can get take an offense, get them to score points without Andy Reid's shadow. Okay, but has he's he done, done that so far? He's done I, it so I, far. I, I don't think so. I think I actually disagree. I disagree. Last year, we would have begged for 20 points out of this offense. This year, six out of the or five out of the eight games, you have 20 points. Three out of the other, whatever, you have 30 points. Like the offense is putting up points. Uh, I don't know, but I, but I don't know if it's a resounding like 
emphatic yes, yes, yes from the enemy's perspective. I, I think they've also looked stale at times. They've looked sluggish at times. But I, and I think he, I think, I think he understands. I don't think he's thinking he's head coach material right now. I think he's out to prove it. He can do it without Andy Reid. So I think another year offensive coordinator, that's fine. And then you lose him after that. Where where do you rank this team now? Like we, I'll, I'll tell you, third out of thirty-two. I mean, I know you you were super negative, but I mean, Stevie, do you have a do you have a number or a place in mind? I know we're gonna talk we're gonna talk in the middle of every other crappy team. Well, a lot of the crappy teams won. I mean, it, the the Panthers won, the Patriots won, the Broncos won, the Giants lost in a stinker to the Jets. They may be maybe they're the the new worst team, and the Bears got blown out. Right, so the 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 Bears and Giants for me are kind of at the the bottom bottom. The Panthers belong there too, but the rest, all of those teams stink. And obviously, the 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 Commanders and Patriots will face off on Sunday. Do we realistically think they can win this game? Well, I was just going to say before you get to Sunday, when you talk about you asked me where I rank them, I would ask Josh Harris, where do you rank your team? And I think the next 24 hours will reveal that answer. And I think this is his first major moment as an owner, right? He bought the team and there's a bunch of, you know, uh, pomp and circumstance and all this stuff. And the honeymoon, I imagine, is over. Well, certainly will be over in the next 24 hours. Yeah. What, what, what do you look at this as a full rebuild, then you're selling everybody. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think anyone here thinks it's going to happen. Or do you see we have certain pieces in place? Or do you see we need to accumulate as many assets, future assets? The next 24 hours will be very telling in the Josh Harris uh, era. I, I agree with what you. Kind of owner I, I, really, I really hope they don't sell off everything because I think there there are, at least on the offensive side of the ball, they're a couple offensive line pieces away from having a cohesive. And they, and yesterday the substitutes made it work, like and that to me is the biggest indictment that Ron has to go right. He's he's stubborn to a fault. He's he's willing to continue to stay the course with the guys that he knows or the guys he's brought in, as opposed to putting the best guys on the field. And that was clearly demonstrated yesterday. So, I, I they should beat the Patriots. And if they do, I don't want to talk playoffs, but certainly mathematically everything is still alive. But they needed to beat the Bears. They didn't. They needed to beat the Giants. They didn't. They had the Eagles on the ropes twice. They didn't close out those games. I mean, we, we could be sitting here talking about, uh, you know, a six and two or a six and one team or whatever it is. We're, we're three and three and five. Right. But the rest of the NFC is terrible, frankly. And um, are they? Yeah, I, I think yeah, Cowboys, Cowboys murdered the Rams. Well, no, leave, leave the top of the NFC. I'm saying 49ers teams, lost three in a row. If you look at the the Bears, the Giants, uh, maybe the Saints. Vikings don't Bucks, have a quarterback. The, the Vikings, like the teams that they would be, the, the, the commanders would be vying against or playing against for that last playoff spot. The, the Vikings are done. Like I, I felt terrible for Kirk, obviously, and Achilles. It, it, second one we've seen now this season on a quarterback. Seahawks aren't bad. Huh? Seahawks aren't bad. Seahawks are not bad, right? But the Seahawks are, I think, will have a path to that first, um, that Division. first, uh, yeah, exactly. Like they'll, they'll have a spot, they'll have a claim to one of the, the not the last spot. I'm sorry, I'm blanking here. The Niners likely win the division. The Seahawks should take that first wild card spot, right? Yeah, we we should. Seahawks are on top of the division. We shouldn't be in the playoffs. We should not. We shouldn't be in the playoffs. They, they shouldn't sell off everything before evaluating the coaching because I do think a better coaching staff gets more out of this team. Also, selling off insinuates there are people that want what we have. Hundred percent, they do because yeah. everybody in the league knows we are misusing the players that we have. 
They're putting Emmanuel Forbes in the middle of Not the NFL Forbes. free agency. I think there's the a people market, that were here before. Take a 75 pound cornerback, please. The, the people our that division were rivals, the, Cow- the Cowboys and the Eagles would be buyers if Camp. The Eagles have one of the leakiest secondaries in the league. If you, I mean, they would, they would kill for a Cam Curl or even even a Fuller. They would. The Cowboys, after what they did yesterday, I think they would be looking at pieces like that too and saying, yeah, this will bolster our, our secondary because we're missing pieces. I will drive Benjamin St. Juice to the airport. St. Juice. And Again, the- we're, we're talking about the defensive Ugh. staples Ugh. that were here before Ron. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Pick okay. a linebacker. Anyone. All right, hold on. There's, there's <laughs> I would like to see Jamin Blitz a little bit more, but I can't I can't. No, let's let's get off of I this want team. To see all of them off the field. Let's get off of this team. Okay, that, that was my bottom five. I got the commanders at 29. Like they they're just bad. They're just bad defensively, and they, that's kind of where they belong at this point. I'm more interested in the top five because we saw a bunch of teams lose. Um Eagles for me moved to number one. The Ravens are climbing way up to number two. I actually sneaky think they're pretty good. The Dolphins stay up there as well. They they got it together in the you know starting in the second quarter and and just blew out the the Patriots. Although they looked a little leaky on defense. Cowboys moving into four. Um, Chiefs lost embarrassingly. They they go to five and we'll see what the Lions do. But that's kind of where my head's at with the teams that I'm looking at. 49ers fall basically out of my top five. They're in a weird place right now. Purdy all of a sudden looks like a rookie. Um, and some of the magic that he had early on. I mean McCaffrey's still fine. Debo's still fine. The defense still okay, but you're only as good as your quarterback. And right now that quarterback's not playing very well, but for me, the Eagles, Ravens and dolphins are just kind of one, two, three, the Bengals. I think Stevie, to your point, you've called this out a couple of times when they're on they're they're on. And I think for me, they're just outside the five, but they're, they're looking good. I don't know. You guys see it differently. I know we still got one game to, to play today, but who's in your top five. No, I, I, I think the teams that will consistently be in the top five have a stout defense and can rely on their defense to carry them through. Every offense is going to struggle. But I think that's where Dallas, you know, Dallas doesn't have the most consistent offense, but you know what they have the most consistent of? Incredible pass rush with that defense of Micah Parsons. Same thing with the Eagles. The Eagles offense is going to go up and down. But, you know, I know, you know, last Sunday notwithstanding, that pass rush, I think it's going to be those teams that you look at the the teams that are built on offense, Chiefs, Dolphins, they're, they're going to throw some clunkers in there. I think it's about the stout defenses, which the Ravens have, as well as an MVP quarterback in Lamar yeah, Jackson. I, I would take it a step further. I think it's the teams that that can – defense, yes, matters, yes, yes. But the Eagles the Eagles do have a, a average to below average secondary. They, they give up a lot of big plays. They give up a lot of uh, deep passes. Which can be masked with a good pass rush. Yes, yeah, I mean, I, I commanders agree. are consistently dropping 30 on the Eagles. I, I, I not agree. not that good of a defense. I, I But I, I like teams that can run the ball because I think that becomes more and more important as the weather changes and like just chewing up clock. That's why I like the Eagles. I think DeAndre Swift, he just didn't, he, you know, I think he can be that guy for them. But that's why, like sneaky for me, the, Dol- the Dolphins just, they can kind of do everything. They've got two running backs that can chew clock, that can get out in a foot race and, and kill you. They obviously got three killed. You know, Waddle looked better yesterday. Like they... They're a really well-built team, and they got. I, I think it was Jalen's first game back. I think Jalen Ramsey's first first perform first defensive game for them. He had a pick and a nice return too. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where they are, and especially if they have to travel north in, into inclement weather. Like obviously, that's going to mitigate some of the speed. But they're really good. You guys, you guys are missing on on one of the the better sneaky good teams in the league right now, and it's the Jaguars. 
who have a phenomenal defense. Five straight, I think. I haven't watched the Jaguars game in four years. Yeah, I mean, they have a phenomenal defense. Trevor Lawrence is is playing at a fairly high level. Howell's playing better. And and ETN is is fantastic at running the ball right now. Mm -hmm. They're they're essentially the equivalent of the Niners without the injury bug that constantly ruins the Niners. They also have one of the easier schedules the rest of the way. Like, they'll be around. But but Trevor, he just doesn't impress me. He doesn't pass the eyeball test for me. I I don't know why. 100%. I mean, they... The, the the Jaguars are doing great. I mean, Doug Peterson, phenomenal coach. I mean, from the top down, that organization somehow, some way, with all their pieces, all their talent, all their elite talent. Yet another franchise that has rebuilt on the fly. Uh, absolutely. Right, retooled on the fly. Um, okay, well, I mean, we'll see. I got the Lions winning tonight. It was uh it was kind of uh interesting. The line was the line keeps moving on that game. I don't know why, but it looks like everyone's playing on both sides. Because they so. had such a big clunker against the Ravens. But Laporta, the Ravens play. Are... it looks like Jimmy G is going to play, so the line is moving around a bit. But yeah, I I actually will not be watching probably more than here and there. Uh, may, I may even I may not even do the dual screen for this because I'm I'm all in on the World Series right now. And Stevie, we we talked last week going into it. This is these are not the two teams that MLB wanted. For, certainly, they I think they wanted Astros, Phillies, right? Star power, offensive, you know, just showcase blah 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 they get you know diamondbacks and rangers and uh it's been game one was phenomenal game two not so much not so phenomenal a lot of offense or one very one-sided affair what are you expecting going into three and how big of a star is your boy uh, adolis garcia gonna be because holy smokes man this guy he he's out there like slow and baby bouncy over the plate it seems like every time he's at bat he's He's going to smash it every single time. Well, that, that's what makes him a star is that when he got up in the bottom of the 11th, I think everyone knew he was going to do something special. Yeah. yeah. And of course that wouldn't have happened except for Corey Seager first pitch, which actually shout out to the announcer who called it saying Corey Seager loves to jump that first pitch. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the playoff baseball shines through whatever teams are out there. So I know the league loves the fan bases for the Astros and the Phillies because they're better fan bases. Rangers and Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks fans are terrible. I, that's what I expect tonight is you will see, you know, the equivalent of a regular season uh, crowd at Citizen Bank Park. Really? That's sad. And they're going to get up for, you know, the big moments and down for, you know, but it, it's not going to be a consistent energy in the building, which is ridiculous because right now the Arizona Diamondbacks are the favorites. Even like, I understand it's 1-1, and they now have home field advantage, but everything in playoff baseball comes down to pitching. And the Arizona Diamondbacks right now have a kid tonight that is pitching, that is a rookie, that has some of the nastiest stuff I've seen all this postseason. Brandon Faft. He's got a crazy name, but this kid can throw. And so Merrill Kelly, who was pitching very mediocre all postseason, all of a sudden pitches one-run ball in game two, and then you have your superstar, Zach Gallen, pitch game one in a loss, but right now you've got these three guys pitching lights out. That'll carry you through. And the Rangers just don't have it. I don't know who's actually pitching tonight. I assume it's Max Scherzer, and I don't think he'll get through four innings. I, I, I they, they just they don't have the pitching. And if you got to send Max every fourth day, he's not that pitcher he, now. He, he was yeah, he was struggling. Yeah, he's pitching uh, tonight. Yeah. He's pitching tonight. If he can get through four, it's a huge, 
victory for the Rangers. Huge. I, I don't know if he's got four. I don't know if he's got four. The dog is going bananas over there. <laughs> oh, dog is going crazy. I don't know. I don't know if he's got four in him, Stevie. Like I, I it, he was. Leaving. He's your number two pitcher. Yeah, and they picked him up like five minutes ago. So like I don't, I don't know where, I, I don't know where they go to be honest. But I mean, I, the the red, white, and blue uh like jacket that W wore out to throw the first pitch was amazing. I went immediately online to try to find one. I couldn't <laughs> find it. Couldn't find it anywhere. Where are you ever gonna? rock that when i go to texas i don't know that's my guy that's my guy i'm not i'm not ashamed to say it that's my guy the only travesty in this is that the texas rangers have the best pitcher in the world on the injured reserve and it really would have been something special to see jacob Degrom in a world series and that that i i couldn't imagine what the series would look like so having Degrom every fourth day do you you think it's Arizona? What in four and five or not in four? Sorry, in five or six? Or do you think? No, it's I think it'll seven? be in six. Okay, okay. I think if you can get those three guys out, and and I think the pitching will overtake them. Right now, Cattell Marte is you know he set the record for you know most consecutive games with a hit, eighteen games in the postseason. Right now, the bats are hot, pitching is good, and you know outside of what Paul Seawall did in in giving up that home run to Corey Seager. Um, you know, their bullpen's been good except for game one. Now, I mean, you're back to your question of Dallas Garcia. It's yeah, rare. what he's doing is just, I mean, he's enough reason for me to, to, to tune into the World Series at least. At least because I, I want to see, if, I just want to see if the, the, the legend keeps growing with him. I mean, it, it baseball is a very streaky game. Same thing in basketball, you get on a burner. And you get on a heater. We saw it a couple of years ago with Randy or Rosarina. Like we saw it. Hey, by the way, happy Nats anniversary. Four year anniversary. Thirtieth. Okay, that's right. four years ago, uh, we saw it with the Nats. We saw it with Soto in 2019. Rendon. Same thing. You get on a, a heater, that'll carry you through to a World Series. Well, and psychologically, it impacts the team you're facing as well. When they they think they can't, they just can't. They can't get an out. Like you're you're gonna crush the ball. And the Phillies were on that heater. Now, the way the Diamondbacks beat them was they pitched around those guys. That's actually historically been the way to get around Bryce. When Bryce, Bryce is a very streaky hitter. So when he's really hot, what do, what do you do? You keep on walking him. Yep. Gets him out of his rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I will I'm looking forward to that tonight. Um, I don't know how much Monday Night Football I'm actually gonna watch. May, maybe dual screen. I'm I'm hoping for two good games. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um FB, I did want to bring this up too. We saw if you haven't seen, I'm going to try to describe gently what happened to um, a hockey player playing in, you know, professional in, in actually maybe FB. Adam Johnson. Yeah. Stevie, if you like, I know you didn't see it. Don't, don't go watch it. It's, Nobody it's, watched that video. it's a very difficult thing to watch, but I, I, I don't know what to make of it. Right. Like there was like, he, he was just going about his business. He's a professional hockey player in the UK. He's an American playing hockey in the UK. Um, I, I'm, it, I'm going to choose to believe it was a completely just a freak accident, but he, he got, he got, his neck got opened up by, um, an opposing team's players skate when he got knocked off his feet and he, he passed away. It's a very, it's a terrible story. And there, there's no, there's nothing positive that will come of it. But I felt like we at least needed to bring it up because like hockey, like we talk about the fighting in hockey, we talk about the speed of the game we rarely talk about the safety of the players with regards to the equipment on the ice. And I don't think there's anything you can do to change this. And I don't believe this has ever happened before. It was such a crazy. There's, there's been a few high profile neck cut 
injuries, uh, but they, I believe, had long but miraculous comebacks. I don't think any of them resulted in yeah. death. Yeah, that the the one to to Adam Johnson was. It, I mean, don't watch the video, but it it was brutal. It's, 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 it's very, not easy it's to very, watch. Yeah, and locally here, a couple of the Caps players were asked about it, and they said like it's we understand how it happened right but there's like there's not like what are you like there's not like there's there's no equipment to protect your neck no i mean there is a neck guard that you can wear it's just it's not mandatory to be worn right now i think the only one the, i think there's only one like competitive league that makes it mandatory but the 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 english whatever the Eng- england's elite ice hockey that's the league that adam got hurt in that one, it's not mandatory. NHL, it's not mandatory. I don't think in college it's mandatory. I just, I, I it might become mandatory because, yeah, like I don't, death I don't on the ice, more or less on the ice. Yeah, I mean, it was on the ice. He, major. He, somehow yeah. he miraculously, like he got up, he got rest his soul. He got up and tried to skate off, and that was it. Like he, he bled out. Like, I mean, that, yeah. that's what happened. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see. It is under investigation in England, though. The, yes. The whole accident, yes. which is, you you want to hope that it was just a freak accident, but it, again, it was, it was. I know that the, I know. I, I don't want to throw out names or accusations of any kind. It was. I, again, I'm bringing it up because like the, the league has to look at it now and say, this has happened now, right? It's similar to what happened. Like inevitably, unfortunately, someone's going to die on an NFL field, and the rules will change because of it. Right. But I mean, even in hockey, like if you, I mean, it's happened to 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 Wilson like 15, like five different times. If you launch at a player and your skates leave the ice, you're, you're essentially getting yourself a major penalty, right? There are rules in place to never really put yourself in that situation where your skates are leaving the ice. If you're semi-professional or professional, you can't have your your legs and and you, and yeah, and you lose balance or whatever, you should know how to, take the hit, absorb the hit, fall gracefully, get back up quick. That's part of the game. So sure. for you to be essentially flailing about and you like gently high kick your, your leg out, that, that he, that's not supposed been, to happen. And 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 that's why it's under investigation because... We've seen similar in soccer too. Yeah. Right? Like the high kicks in soccer have basically been outlawed. They've been trained out of the sport over the last 15 years. It's the same thing. Like you can't cleat people in soccer right. and you can't, you can't like, just cause you're going down doesn't mean you get to flail around because too many people are getting hurt and it becomes a red card offense or worse a suspension or, or, you know, just outright, you know, expulsion, you know, from the sport. So I, I, I bring it up just because it happened and it was extremely unfortunate, but I I've never seen anything like that. And I wish I could unsee it. Yeah. Um, you know, and not, not to turn the show super morbid here. We also lost Matthew Perry over the weekend. And I, I don't believe like I, I kind I would say I grew up with friends, although I was younger than the people on the show. Um, but it, it's it's been um, it's kind of surreal to like to, to think that you know one of them has passed away, and he passed away in, in a pretty tragic fashion as well. So there's uh, there's some there's some stuff going on about how he passed away. That's it's a little weird. I, I heard it was cardiac arrest in a hot tub. So. No, no, more more so that for like the last two weeks. His Instagram posts were kind of this weird, ominous link to Batman, and he would call himself Matman. And it was it was just it was this weird. He kept showing like the bat signal on his Instagram, 
And then apparently in the book that he had just recently published, there's a part in it where he says, if I'm ever like about to relapse or if I'm in danger, he, he thinks about Batman, his favorite superhero comic, right? Calls himself Matman. And that's kind of his like shout for, for help more or less. And then for two weeks, you see Batman all over his Instagram. And the last picture he posted was him in the jacuzzi that he quote unquote drowned in. It's, it's just, it's very, I'm I'm not, I'm not saying he didn't die. Like I'm not saying it was overdose or anything. I'm just saying it's, it's not, I don't think it's as clean cut as it is. A lot of his friends may have missed his cry for help or something. It's very sad. It it's sad and it, it was it's too soon. Like he, he was fifty three or fifty four years old, but he, so many people were raised by that show, directly or indirectly, right? Like a profound and lasting legacy from like the laughs in particular. And I, I think again, it's very telling. Um, all laughs on the screen, very few laughs off the screen, especially in the later part of his life. And I think it it's again like I I respect a lot of the nonprofit work he did. I respect uh, like as a as a person. I think he tries to help. He's even famously quoted saying like I, you know, if, if somebody walks up to me that I know is struggling with you know uh, you know uh, substance abuse and asks for help, like I'll do anything I can because I can relate to that person, right? Um, I, I think I think his legacy will endure from the show's perspective and the laughs perspective, but I hope some of his his um, his volunteer work and his charitable efforts will too. Like I hope people remember that and they see him for more than just the funny guy on the show, uh, because it, and he did mean a lot to people. I think there there are some of these, you know, it's not it's not about his acting chops, right? It's about the influence that show had on a generation. I know a lot of people try to downplay it, and, and in hindsight, maybe. It was romanticized or whatever, but you know we grew up with these guys more or less, and he was known as this character that could find light and kind of raise the, um, you know, I, I don't know, just just make people feel better, right? And and I I I see a lot of people. There's a, there's a lot of negativity in the world. I, I know we're not gonna Stevie, we're not gonna get into what's happening in the Middle East. I think we'll we'll save that for our offline chat just to, to share you and I. But um, there's so much negativity, so much terrible stuff happening. And he was one of the the bright spots just because people respected him from, you know, from his work on a, on a TV show of all things. Right. So, um, yeah. I mean, about the whole nine yards. Classic movie. Whole nine yards is a good, the, the Sandler flick, right? No. The oh, 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 him with, and with in the longest yard. I'm no. thinking the longest yard. Whole nine yards, whole 10 yards. Him and Bruce. Whole 10 yards. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry to end it on a downer boys, but, uh, Outside of Monday Night Football and the World Series continuing, uh, we got the Ballon d'Or. I know you, neither of you care about soccer, but we'll see if, uh, if Lionel Messi or uh, Erling Holland to come away with the, uh, you know, the Professional Footballer of the Year award. Talking uh, we'll I understand. I'll wait for LP to. I'll share my thoughts with LP since you both don't care. Any final thoughts as we put a bow on this one? I know we went a little bit long. Um, Stevie, any final thoughts? Any uh, any UFC fights we need to? Get I was just going to say since you guys don't care, congratulations to Francis Ngannou. Uh, fought one of the most amazing boxing fights I've ever seen. The most successful crossover uh, performance in the history of. I love that you're all in on this, Stevie. I love hey. it. Hey, so there's, I, there's a smile on your face when you talk about this stuff. That's what me, my seven-year-old, uh, loves placing bets on Francis and Ghana. Okay, on Fanduel. It's kind of young, isn't it, to be exposed to? Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, okay. <laughs> Francis and Ghana proved everybody wrong. He did lose by decision, but it was uh, he got robbed. He took Tyson Fury to the distance. So. Are we ever going to see Logan versus uh, Logan Paul versus Andrew Tate? No, you're going to see Logan Paul versus Jake Paul. I don't know if I care about that one. I want to see. I want to see Andrew Tate in the ring. I want to see. Uh, I is would he allowed to leave Tate. Romania? To, but just do it in Romania. 
No, Logan doesn't want to fight him. I don't think so either. He's an actual like audience fighter. filled with gypsies and pork over there. Entertain to kill him too. <laughs> uh, F FB, any final thoughts? No, I'm just uh, I'm just really proud of you for looping in a kickball reference when you're talking about World Series. Just a Sloan baby cool. bouncy. Did I take you back? Yeah, Sloan baby bouncy. I was like, yeah, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just helping each other launch the ball over the fence and making the uh, <laughs> the gym teacher go get it. All right, boys. Thank you for your time. The show is DTC available on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast. Just search DTC or Defeating the Curse. Thank you for hanging out with us. Until next week, we are out. However, if the if the skins do make some moves at the trade deadline, I think we will do an emergency pod and uh, get in here to talk about it. So until then, we are out. Thanks again. DTC, anywhere you get your podcast and social media platforms, we're out. <laughs>